Wait, did you hear? <gasps> no. We're diving into the juiciest celebrity profiles of all time. I'm Beatrice Hazelhurst. And I'm Ivana Ryder. This, this is Uncover Girl. Girl. Welcome back. How this are you, is, listeners? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, this is the podcast where we unpack truly buckwild celebrity profiles. And we've got a really fun one today. We've got such a fun one, and I have such a fun co-host. Oh, yeah. I'm doing a formal reintroduction. Yes. This is Ivana Ryder. And that over there is Beatrice Hazelhurst. <laughs> Seminal mind among us. Oh, yeah. Um, yours is too. <laughs> your mind it is brilliant Same. as well. Yeah. <laughs> ditto. Which I I used to think that ditto was mean. Just something. No, do you I know say how, a lot. No, I know, and now I I understand that it's not. But I do you know when words carry a certain tone that you've just attached them for no reason, like at no point in the dictionary or or in anyone else's experience, can you? deduce that but for me when someone said ditto i was like that's a mean thing to say yeah ditto <laughs> ditto it's like oh okay i actually don't even hear it there no of course not no i i made it up i think right back at cha is oh. one <laughs> c-h-y-a yeah 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 cha. <laughs> the pussycat yeah. dolls are really who did that for us i think oh yeah when they said don't you wish your girlfriend was like me we all heard it echoed around the world and it's like yeah we do what else do you want like yes i'm a man and i do wish my girlfriend was as hot as you is there anything like what a question to ask i know don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me brutal and we've seen that crop up many a time i mean ever levine had that song of course but jolene's like to the woman like jolene don't leave me for the minute. that this is to the man saying yeah. break up with your girlfriend i'm bored and then, of course, Ariana mm-hmm. Grande always got her wish many, many a time. I know. That's the darkest part of that song. That's a profile we need truth. to do, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that could be very interesting. I want to see the foreshadowing. I want to see what was like written in the stars. It's the same in life. It's like the girl that you meet that's like, I love a little drama. And it's like, this is the one who broke up a marriage. Yes. Always. Or like, I have no female friends. It's crazy. I just get along better with boys. It's just such a running mm-hmm. theme. That's a waving red flag. What a shame that your romantic history would overshadow your talent. I agree. Because she is one of the most talented singers we have. Oh my God. The voice, the range. Yeah. This generation's Mariah Carey, one might say. Yeah, it's true. But I feel like brutal people are on their way out. It's not in anymore to be mean. Okay. I want to make sure I spell Bobby. Yeah. Antoff. And Altoff. 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 <laughs> That's it. Who you may know, she had a very viral interview with Drake and her kind of vibe is like bored interviewer. And I'm seeing that the tides are shifting. Which is interesting because she came out in like April. So it's been four months. I mean, micro trends are yeah. all the rage. She buried it and i totally see why there is intrigue there of like we love to watch a girl be mean especially to guys that are like hyper masculine cool guys and that was kind of her thing like she interviewed drake she interviewed offset she interviewed 
Lil Yachty. I mean, I hate to bring it back to a word we use so frequently on this podcast, but it is negging. Like it is that same thing yeah. of like, you cannot impress me no matter what you say. So I'm just going to be deadpan, completely unfazed by whatever answer you might give. And that is exciting when it's a man who has huge power. Yeah, it is exciting. It is. And I think it's so interesting because what she does is the exact opposite of what a, a journalist on assignment for a celebrity profile might do because her whole thing is like in her interview, she's like, I've, I actually didn't, I haven't heard much about you. I don't really know anything. I haven't listened to your music really. I'm not a big fan. Like, I don't care. Which also must be refreshing for the star for whom like everyone yeah. is a fan. I think that's why. I think it's exciting. But I'm seeing the tides turn and people are like, a thoughtful interview is actually a work of art. And this is tough to see. It's all for the viewer, right? It's yeah. all about making the star uncomfortable for the viewer's pleasure. But if not that many people are deriving pleasure from it, you know what I mean? It, yeah, it feels yeah. a little bit off. And I think comparatively, the chicken shop date, Amelia. Dimmel Dunberg. Yeah, Wait, never Dimmel said. Dunberg. I've never said it out loud. No. It's long. It's a long one. Yeah. Who is like her star has risen so yeah. crazy high. Like she is hired for every red carpet as a reporter and she does a great job. But her shtick is being perpetually disinterested. There's a little more nuance there yeah, and layers. And it seems to uh, to be a shame to lump her in with someone like Bobby. No, I think Amelia is like dynamic yeah, in a way that dynamic. Bobby, like the, oh, the whole bit with Bobby is like, I, my voice never goes above a whisper, mm -hmm. basically. And yes. I'm not listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how this will age, you know? Not well. I think it's a flash in the pan. Yeah. But, and you know that Drake famously reneged the video came down he unfollowed right. her the whole nine yards so it's like ain't ain't good it doesn't look good does not look good no a few things withstand the test of time really i know a few things do name one denim. cherry denim. merch denim's a strong contender denim bread pudding since the depression wow it's held on and it's having a full renaissance right now god i want one i walked by a magnolia bakery today and <gasps> wasn't there something we wanted there wasn't there something that you sent yeah, me or i sent you cookie there's a big cookie a big cookie yeah. or was it a pumpkin oh. bread pudding i swear to god oh it's the pumpkin bread pudding it was i should have right. gotten it i should have i walked by it and i was like wait isn't there something in there that i really need yeah <laughs> and then i i couldn't remember what it was and i kept walking i've never been into a magnolia i don't think there's just one on third there's one there's one Right by us? Right by right by me. Yeah, but far from me. Yeah, close to the donuts. Okay. Sidecar. Well, oh, oh, who first, me or you? I think you first. What's inspiring you this week? Okay, this is going to come out intense, but stay with me. Okay. <laughs> My sweet mom has sent me, I want to say, eight books on death, death and dying. Okay. So I am fully... I am getting acquainted with my mortal end. You're like, I am seated. I, I, <laughs> ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. No, I am. I'm officially reading about death and dying in part because she is a death doula and like it, basically a part of her. I mean, her entire job is helping people die gracefully. And she was talking to me about it. And then there just came a point where she's like, OK, I'm just going to send you all the things that you need to know to like because I asked her a million questions of like, oh, and how was this? And what about this? Did it change your perspective on this? And she just sent me a bunch of books and they're all sitting on my couch right now. And I came home from dancing um, at two in the morning and all the books were waiting on the steps of my apartment building. And I opened them all What a way to close out the night. I know alone. I came home alone. Um, Stephen had been gone on a bachelor party and I 
laid all the books out in front of me at two in the morning, still in my club clothes. And there was just something very poetic about the moment. And I was like, okay, it's time to learn something, something real. It's time to really see how this whole thing, how the grand finale goes. Have you cracked open a book? I've cracked open. Yeah, I've cracked open one of them. And um, I, I'm just going to make my way through, I guess, slowly. I'm in no rush, obviously. I don't think it's coming necessarily, knock on wood, <laughs> soon. But I, I feel ready. I feel ready to know. Uh, what's compelling you about death right now? What's drawing you in? I was talking to someone about it recently. I can't remember what, like how it came up, but I think just our culture here in this country is so afraid of it and it's something to be done in private. And I, I just don't, I think that it needs to be, to be like a good friend to people. We're like at an age now where I don't know if this has happened for you, but people's grandparents are certainly, starting to pass away. People's parents are starting to pass away. Mm. And I just want to be there. That's, I want to be there for people in like a real way. And I feel like in college when people lost family members, it's like, we're all children, helping children blind, leading the blind. And I just feel like it's something that I, I'm, I, it will only come more and more in this life. Like not even in a negative way, but just in an inevitable way. And Oh my From, God, I'm just trying to get through wedding season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking about funerals. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. And it's really like, I'm not coming at this from like a really scared or like negative place. It's more just like, I was really inspired listening to my mom talk about it and her ability to approach it without negativity or like panic or distress. And I'd like to have a little bit more of that in my approach as well. Mm. Do you feel stress currently? No, no. But just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm preparing. So on that note, what's inspiring you? <laughs> well, I haven't been too close to death uh, recently, but I have had a real familial reckoning in that my my parents are currently here. Oh, my God. And it's come at a weird universal alignment of a time where everything that's falling into place has been in the works for a very, very, very long time. And it's just strange that my parents would be here at the time of all these kind of like career highlights. It's very, very strange. It's like things I've talked about for years. Mm -hmm. uh, suddenly there's been a breakthrough in the case and, you know, there's something to report about them. Whereas usually it's like, no, nothing's going on. Like, thanks for us. You know, that yeah. kind of thing, which has been amazing. And it's been an incredible experience to have them here. But this is all to say, this is not my inspiration. Oh my God. <laughs> my inspiration is something else entirely. So I have an alterations man. I'm going to say he's five foot six, Latino, middle-aged. Like maybe, a tailor? Maybe 50s, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, a tailor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, maybe 50. I, I've always assumed, you know, very gay. You know, his shirt is like five buttons un unbuttoned. He always has a gold chain and calls me baby. I put on my little things. He like spins me around by the waist and he's like, beautiful baby. And that's every time. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he makes everything slightly too tight. I'm always like, oh my God, I can't breathe. I still don't really know his name, which feels like a crime. But I go in, he pins me up. I take it off. We're good to go. I went in this week. I had a little disco suit to take in. I put on my clothes. I get them pinned. I go to take them off. And he puts something in my hands. And he's like, go, baby. And I was like, what? What is this? He'd put a leather mini skirt that he had made for me <gasps> from scratch. No. In my hands, he goes, shh, baby, shh, 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 go try it on. Then come out, baby. So I go and I put on this little skirt, fits perfectly. 
little, little leather miniskirt. I come out and I go, fits perfectly. And he goes, of course, baby, I know your measurements. And I was like, oh my God. He pulls out his phone. He shows me a photo. He goes, I'm making you a top to match, baby. No. Yep. No. It's like the inspo pick is like Pam Anderson in the 90s. It's of like course. A, it's like a leather lace up. Is it top. black? Black yeah, leather? Black, black leather. Both oh. black leather. And I just was like, do I just take this skirt? And he was like, yes, it's yours. I made it for you. Oh my God. Muse. Okay. Miss so, Muse. So this is where I need you to come in because I came home on cloud nine. Yeah. Are you kidding? I That's called the most special thing. My mom. My mom loves clothes. This is her dream. Mm-hmm. I walk home. My sister is in my house. I'm like, Alex, drop what you're doing. I have a story. I pull out the skirt. Chris is there. I, t- I tell everybody. <laughs> Chris goes, that is really fucking sus. And I go, what do you mean? He's like, that's so sus. Why would he do that? And I said, because he loves the his craft. The goodness of his heart. <laughs> he said, you're my favorite customer and I made this for you. That's what he said. He just wanted to like surprise me. And Chris was like, no man would do that unless he's trying to fuck you. And I was like, <gasps> uh, no, that's not true. That's not true no as far as i know this is a little gay man i did see on his home screen a picture of a woman and a small child i'm choosing to ignore that it could be a sister and a nephew that is the narrative i'm telling myself i do not subscribe to this concept of like a man will only do that for you for that reason no gay or straight i think he could be straight and still do this no yes i think so no i (laughs) i I, no i also don't subscribe to that i think i also just think it makes for a very like a much worse time on earth if you think every man is trying to fuck you or if you think every man is trying to kill you totally terrible time on stress You're really stressed. You're always like keys through the fingers. Yeah. Ready to fucking punch. Which like within reason, of course, have the keys through the fingers. Be aware of your surroundings and understand that, you know, anything can happen at any time. But, but sometimes it's normal. Sometimes, sometimes it's fine. Sometimes someone just wants to make a little leather mini skirt for, with no strings attached. (laughs) No leather strings. There's nothing there. No, there's no tassels here. (laughs) i just like it truly made like it made my day like i don't know if i've ever felt euphoria to that level and i've done drugs truly just like i love clothes i love a look i love leather oh you yeah he yeah. he really like brought it all together for me he hit on all my interests i was like yes yeah, synapses neurons like i was on a level and i was just really brought down by that and i just like i just don't believe it to be true frankly it's also, there's something about being thought of. Isn't that crazy? It's when someone thinks of you when you're not in the room. Bringing this to you because heard you were sick. And I've been to this tailor three times. Three wow. times. You made an impression. I do bring him a lot though when I go in. I have oh never been to a tailor. What? I've never been to a tailor. I've never had anything tailored. I just buy almost exclusively vintage. So like there's just no other option for me. I have to get it like taken in or something done to it i never considered that because when i see something beautiful vintage and it doesn't fit me i just go well it's too big it's not for me but i can what just a crazy way to live in. yeah i didn't realize don't let the size stand in the way of your outfit i mean it's a great take it's a great take and there's something very radical about tailoring in that the point is not that clothes fit your body the point is that you can make clothes fit your body yeah yeah, yeah you're yeah. not necessarily always supposed to fit into no one size sizes are also absolute lies 
a size two here is a size six there. A size six in Zara is also a size eight in Zara and also a size four in Zara. Nothing is uniform. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you have a pair of eating disorder pants, as I call them? A pair of pants that are like two sizes too small that you keep, even though. No. Not a single pair. Incredible. But no, I mean, I think I have had things tailored when I've been skinnier mm-hmm. and then I've I've put those things on at a later date just to like see what the what the, the deal, deal is, <laughs> just to check in. Yeah, of course. But no, I, I don't think I have anything. Yeah, it might be a skirt. Honestly, he made the skirt that I took in that I picked up like two days ago so fucking tight. Oh, no. You know, my baby pink tweed skirt yes, suit. Yes, of course. Yeah, I got it taken into the waist and I was like, okay, this is what I've noticed. When you go to a female tailor, they will always second guess you. They'll always be like, no, 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 you don't need it that tight. You don't need it. Like, uh-huh. you you know, when you go to a male tailor, they're like, let's suck you into this thing. Oh my God. And I've, I've had to be like to him, like maybe just a little bit out because he will really snatch, snatch the waist. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you have eating disorder pants? I I don't. I do. I do, you but do? they are so tucked away. It's ridiculous. They're in they're a pair of vintage Levi's that I got that are like mm. so beautiful and I have not fit into them. But it's not like they're they're not visible. I don't try them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have them because I've been like this is it's like a pair of jeans you look for forever in like the perfect wash, little frayed at the ends. I have them like in a bag, within another bag, within a duffel bag, in the back of a hall closet. But I realized that those are the only ones I've kept of like my quote unquote, like small era. But I just find that most women do have a pair of eating disorder pants. And I don't say that. It's a big plot in Sex in the City. Miranda brings out her old jeans. The old baby jeans. jeans. Yeah. Yeah. And then she fits into them. And it's a big moment when you fit into them. I thought you would laugh at me though. I just pulled my winter clothes out of storage and among them were three to four counts <laughs> oh my god i was like oh my god this is so heavy like surely i don't have this many clothes gowns gowns speaking of body image oh no that's not the transition i think it is because i think we have to give a content warning before this profile you're right we should I, give a content i warning. i think it's essential that we do because it's something that so many women struggle with and this profile does get into eating disorders i think it's not just eating disorders it's drug abuse yeah it's domestic violence yeah parental abuse yeah this has got to be like one of the heavier profiles that we've read and not from the resilient standpoint not from the i've had many years to reflect and that was a dark period it's i'm still very much in this Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i see the light at the end of the tunnel and i'm kind of pretending i do but i don't really this is Lindsay lohan in 2006 Mm -hmm. it is a heavy one and it feels very important actually that we're talking about it when it comes to body dysmorphia and like what the 2000s did to a whole generation of girls because oh my god what was normal then what was considered thin then what was aspirational for us yes was very much what is like now coming back in some way this quote-unquote heroin chic era ozempic fueled thinness yeah you're thin as a rail you have purple under eye bags from being out at mood ring all night and <laughs> you're just what a deep cut club reference i know from bushwick yeah <laughs> i mean look i saw this actually just the other day. an innocuous hillary duff meme that was 
referencing the Lizzie McGuire movie. Uh huh. Yeah. And I immediately went to the comments because I knew everyone would be talking about how photoshopped she was. Her head was like twice the size of her body, <laughs> like stomach to back. Uh, and oh, God. every single uh, comment said it. Yeah. Every single person said, I cannot believe how I took this image as like verbatim truth. Of course. We didn't have the resources we do now. We didn't have celeb face that's showing us the tweaks that are made. We didn't, we just had what was given to us. There was no access to celebrities. And we say this so many times, but you know, without social media, anything was a heavily mediated image that was had gone through so many execs and approvals and being like, I think no ribs, right? Like no ribs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what we do. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. No ribs. When did we all decide that it's gross to see them, to have them? I know. It's just a perfectly airbrushed stomach. Exactly. Yeah. Even the belly button might as well go. Yeah. Kyle X Wyatt. I know. Hot. That's good. <laughs> yeah. 2006. It, <sighs> it, was a, it was a really heavy time. And it also felt like an incredible cultural reset slash overall vibe shift. This was really the origins of scene culture. We saw <laughs> Panic at the Disco, Mayday Parade, My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday, Cute is What We Aim For, The Plain White Tees. My God. Hey there, Delilah. Am All I right? my brothers. All my brothers. <laughs> Forefathers. Yeah. Put them on Mount Rushmore. And then, speaking of skinny girls, The Hills debuted this year, premiered. Oh, uh, nothing like it on planet Earth. Yes, Mama. Spinoff of Laguna Beach. We were very excited to see Lauren and the girlies take the town. Hottest people alive, George Clooney, Angelina Jolie. Of course. <laughs> Of course. Who else is there? Let me know. No, no. Yeah. There's there's no one else. Shiloh Jolie Pitt was named Top Baby. (laughs) (laughs) We need to bring Top Baby back. We need to bring that back. I used to have a group chat with two friends. I was never going to say this out loud. This is so cancelable. Oh my God. Called Ugly Babies. And when someone did their birth announcement, we would send it to the group. Oh. Babies. That's okay. It's bad. No, that's fine. Oftentimes they were celebrity babies. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Those babies have more money than you. (laughs) That's true. Shiloh Jolie Pitt was the first biological child of Brad and Ange, who were very fresh off Mr. and Mrs. Smith's success. If you remember from the Angelina Jolie episode, they got pregnant pretty much straight away. And Mm. he was just leaving his marriage from Jennifer Aniston, with whom he did not have a child. So Mm. that that really hurts. Uh, Hannah Montana debuted on disney channel iconic justin timberlake's future sex love sounds top selling album mm-hmm. alongside beyonce's b-day college student mark zuckerberg <laughs> would expand his social media site facebook to more u.s universities then to international student networks before finally opening up registration in september to anyone who was 13 years of age facebook was born in 2006 tell me this is not the age of aesthetics from this moment on of course oh huge year for the gays nsync member lance bass revealed mm. bass or bass i've never said that loud. like bass. Ba- bass bass gotta be bass. like chuck bass yeah lance bass revealed he was gay and Brokeback Mountain oh. won three Oscars. Oh, my God. And finally, the hair. There was a lot of hair swept across the forehead to the side. Oh, my God. A comeback of that is imminent. You and I sitting across from each other with two side bangs. Yeah. Did oh. you ever have them? Of course. You're, yeah. You had to have a side bang. Who were you? I, ha- I always was too scared to commit fully. You have curly hair. Yeah. 
And then I did decide to commit fully to a front bang, a Zoe de Chanel. I said, I see myself in her. <laughs> and I got a heavy, thick front bang that I used to straighten. Yep. Eighth grade. Oh my God. One of my worst looks. Chris also used to have straightened bangs. Really? I know. It's oh incredible my God. photos. Oh God. What's his name? The one who we all hate on Vanderpump Rules. Sandoval? Yeah, Sandoval. All the early seasons, it's like videos of him like straightening his bangs in a mirror and screaming. And he is like the one that takes longest to get ready of everyone in the entire group. Oh my God, this guy. I know. Why I oughta. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) But Lindsay Lohan at this time was coming off like an insane two years. Just to give you a bit of background, because I'm not sure everyone knows how she got her start. She was a model. Uh, She was signed to Ford when she was three years old, started modeling for Abercrombie and Calvin Klein, starred in over 60 commercials and came out really recently, even appeared in the same campaign as a young Lana Del Rey. I've seen the photo. I know. She's from the Bronx originally, but grew up in Long Island. Crazy. She's from the Bronx, you know, of Cardi B fame and J-Lo. And we learned from this profile that after the parent trap success, she kind of went back to normalcy for a bit and then just booked like a whole lot of bangers out of the gate, including Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen alongside a young Megan Fox, Freaky Friday, Herbie Fully Loaded, and then, of course, Mean Girls, which really raised her profile. And ahead of all these releases, she was declared one of like the teen actresses to watch by Vanity Fair and a truly iconic It's Raining Teens cover story. Yeah. And she just was kind of one of the most famous actresses of the time, all while releasing music. Her debut album, Speak, came out in 2004. Two years later, she will have released her second album. And she's just coming off the premiere of Just My Luck, which was a romantic comedy she starred in. Have you seen it? Chris Pine. Yes. I have. And I loved it. I loved it. I, I totally loved, loved it. it. Sometimes I feel like her in it. You where I'm like, her. I'm so lucky. Found a dollar bill on the ground. Just my luck. It's a good premise. It is. It's it a is. great premise. I know. Honestly, what she's done for redhead visibility cannot be overstated. It's so true. This woman is a beacon. She's an icon. She's a sister to me. She's a mother. Yeah, of course. And I do feel she's had quite a renaissance in this past year. She has. Started with that holiday movie. Yeah. I, there's just something, something's happened. But right now she is 19, 19 years old. Oh my God. She's living at the Chateau Maman, a hotel that she would later be banned from for owing $46,000 of unpaid bills. Us. Or, or more, I know. <laughs> that is the aim. That yeah, is the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> and she's sitting down with Evgenia. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Evgenia? You would yeah. know because it's, I think it's Eastern European. I, it seems like Czech yeah, or something. Czech, yeah. Polish, but... I'm going to say Evgenia. 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 That's like how we'd say it. I'll Evgenia. Say, I'm going to take the, the Serbian pronunciation. <laughs> Evgenia Peretz, yeah. who was a contributing editor at Vanity Fair since 1999, wrote extensively about politics, was a very famous political writer, political journalist. Uh, she covered the Florida recount, Bush and Gore, and the whole run-up of the war uh, to Iraq. She's also a screenwriter. She's also a screenwriter and co-wrote a movie starring Paul Rudd in 2011. And I don't know if you remember this because this was last year, but she wrote about the TV writer for Grey's Anatomy 
who mined her wife's life as a nurse. Oh, yeah. She did that multi-part series Whoa. article. So she faked that she herself had like had cancer and she had attempted suicide, but none of the stories were real. She was pulling from, I guess, stories of her, her partner's or wife's patients. Yeah. Really crazy. Um, but more than anything, she's really well known for chronicling the lives of like the rich and powerful. Uh, she has dived into Saint-Tropez. She's done big wave surfing, subculture pieces, kids of rock stars. And that all makes her a very interesting choice to write this piece on Lindsay Lohan. The headline reads, Confessions of a Teenage Movie Queen. Bulimia, drugs, the hideous battle between her violent convict father and co-manager mother, for two years, Lindsay Lohan has been in a tabloid fodder spiral. Somehow, though, she's emerging as a star with her own romantic comedy, Just My Luck, out next month, and a role in Robert Altman's new film, A Prairie Home Companion. In an interview full of new headlines, <laughs> Lohan tells Evgenia Peretz about her near self-destruction and emotional breakthrough that resulted in her hit song, Confessions of a Broken Heart. Let's get into it. Yeah, I mean... Jesus. Yeah, it really lays it all out. It really kicks off at a high point, which yeah. is her fraught relationship with her dad. So, Evgenia writes, If you think her dad sounds unpleasant, you should meet the paparazzi. There's Sam the Skulker, a middle-aged Richard Belzer lookalike, only scary. There's the charmer in the Jaguar, who alternates between sweet-talking the 19-year-old actress and telling her she's a bitch. <laughs> And then there are the low lives on wheels who dodge pedestrians on North Robertson Boulevard as they chronicle her trips to tanning salons and contribute to her car wrecks, like the one she had back in October when she totaled her Mercedes Benz and cracked her wrist. So, yeah, Lindsay crashed her car, I guess broke her wrist, and her first thought was that the paparazzi were going to take photos of her. Mm -hmm. So she was like, let me get the fuck out of this car. She runs into... I guess a little antique store called Hideaway House Antiques. Yes, she knows the irony of that. <laughs> and she basically sees the paparazzi outside the window and sits down in a chair and realizes that her blood is now all over the chair and tells her assistant, I've got to buy it. It's not getting sold on eBay. So this is our kickoff point. And I read this as incredibly sad. Did you? Yes. Yes. In the same vein of the Britney Spears profile, I would say, which is just like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is this sounds like such a stressful life. No. And, and not to be glib, but it is car crash-esque in which you, you got to keep reading. You cannot look away. Mm -hmm. Like she's really hooked you from the outset here. And what I found so funny is that Evgenia says like, this is like a joke, like, Lindsay has made a joke here when she's talking about like, can someone buy this chair because I don't want my bloody chair getting sold on eBay. She writes that like Lindsay has been able to retain her sense of humor despite this immense media scrutiny and continues with this like banger of a paragraph where she lists out everything that anyone is saying about Lindsay like right now in this moment. So she's like, it's impressive that Lohan can find humor in it, in it all, given that the tabloids have feasted on her for the past two years, spilling ink and hysterical tones on everything from feuds to fake boobs, parentheses, which she denies, to the loose cannon dad, the withering figure, the canoodling sessions with Colin Farrell and other older actors, the onset meltdowns, and the speculation about drug use. But being in the tabloids crosshairs wasn't her only problem. I was sick, she now admits. I was sick. 
everyone was scared and I was scared too. And I had people sit me down and say, you're going to die if you don't take care of this. It's interesting that this has been framed in this way so early on to the piece that Lindsay is bulimic. Mm -hmm. The sickness that Lindsay specifically lays out, as we'll get into, was attributed to, I guess, exhaustion. It was like kidney failure or something along those lines. Like she was working too hard, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't take it easy on her. Or just because of this. No, 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 no. She doesn't. And she doesn't give the reader like a moment to even process. The next quote that we're going to get in here is from none other than Meryl fucking Streep. I know. Meryl Streep is the next person to crop up in this profile. The, the next person to crop up in this profile. She says that on the heels of Lindsay's new romantic comedy, Just My Luck, which she was paid a reported $7.5 million for, she is co-starring in a movie, A Prairie Home Companion, opposite Meryl Streep. She has a quality that is really unusual in actors, says Streep. And that is that she's very present and alive. Evgenia also says that Lindsay is so fun. Like, not only is she super, super talented, but she's affectionate, she's unguarded, and a little loopy. Lindsay talks to her about living at the chateau, like taking chocolate cake straight out of the kitchen, throwing her keys down the stairs to her assistant. And Evgenia writes, but also like behind the playfulness, there's a serious and emotional young woman. Though she has fallen many times in her life, she clearly has great reserves of strength. She has personally survived so much that at this point, she can't help but start to let it out about her damaged relationship with her father, her loneliness and rootlessness, and the demons inside her that almost made her self-destruct. As they say, she is going there. Even while her publicist, Leslie Sloan Zelnick, and mother co-manager, Dina Lohan, work overtime to play the dark stuff down. Okay, do you know this woman? Leslie Sloan Zelnick? Yeah. She, was she, I've seen her picture. I, she, I don't know. I think it's just a Kelly Catrone type, but on the, like, the, yeah. the, the entertainment side. Yeah, it's interesting that she's name-checked here. Okay, I, I was going to say this to you. The first publicist ever to be name-checked in a profile we've read. And not only was she named, but it's clear that Evgenia fucking hates her. Yeah. She is, ref- she's not just referenced. She's, like, named and shamed. I think that her and Lindsay Lohan had a falling out, had a oh. brutal falling out. We'll look into this. Yeah, let's fact check it for the yeah. end. Yeah, put a pin in that. Wow. So Lindsay goes on to say a lot of people that are my age, especially in the industry, like publicists and managers and executives want them to have this like, okay, perfect image. I don't have that, she says. All my decisions are things that I make. Like putting out a hit single, Confessions of a Broken Heart, parentheses, father to daughter. Not about boys, but about a difficult, absent convict father. Do you remember that song for one? Like, Okay, I went back and I watched this video in preparation for this. I believe that I had filtered this out or repressed it in some way because the song was somewhat familiar. The video, how did this happen? I I think we did black it out. I truly think it's a trauma response that we had in relation to that video. And her little sister was cast as her. It's just really intense. It's very yes. intense. It's like a very abusive. You're just watching a man abuse his wife. The man obviously is supposed to be her father. 
It's very intense. Yeah. Very so the, intense. The father mothers are dead ringers for yeah. Lindsay's parents. And her real life little sister is, I think, 12 years old in a ballet outfit and is listening to them fight. Her mother get hit. And then Lindsay is in the bathroom in like a full ball gown and lots of eyeliner and just like yeah. crying and beating down the door. And then it's revealed that they're all in shop windows and mm-hmm. everybody is watching this play out. It's a great concept. I wonder who wrote the treatment because Lindsay directed it too. But it's very, very intense. Like if if you want to go and have a rewatch, like I would just, that's a content warning. It is intense. And she began writing the song that would appear on her new album, a little more personal, parentheses, raw. One night while she was sick with the flu in Paris, hours later, it unleashed such hysteria that she was desperately trying to contact her dad in jail and bailing out of work at a crucial time in her career. Casablanca Records chairman Tommy Mottola says the song is one of the best I've heard in my career. Wow. I mean, (laughs) big, big words. Big, big, big words when there are other songs out there. Mm hmm. However, your taste is your taste. You like what you like. Yeah, of course. John Mayer's favorite song is The Climb by Miley Cyrus. And who are we to judge? Who We have nothing to say to we that. We have nothing to say. Did you listen to her music growing up? Because I watched her movies. And I, I really do think that she was an incredible actress. Especially yeah. as a child actress. Parent Trap. She... she leaps off the screen yeah it's funny yeah and for you as an aspiring child actor like she would have been the comp yeah oh yeah and she was incredible i think like especially as a comedian she knew how to do it she had great timing Mm. i feel like i always always loved her it was like very sad when the meltdown came to play which was truly like this point in time when her career started to pick up so I didn't, to answer your question, I only remember rumors in mm-hmm. the song. I was not like a hardcore Lindsay head, uh, but she did have such a profound impact on me because I, I think at the time I heard people say that she was beautiful. And so that gave me like a lot of light and levity to it can be navigate done. the world. Yeah, totally. Like there is such a thing as a beautiful redhead. And like, it really did make such a, such an impact on me. There was a moment when I played the Wicked Witch of the West and Wizard of Oz, when the scarecrow told me that I remind him <gasps> of her. Yeah, I was 11. And I just like, I still remember that, which really goes to show. Yeah. The words you speak, they can echo. You were talking about it now. I know. Decades later. (laughs) We jump kind of forward to her shooting the video. And Evgenia actually went and watched it all play out. She went to set. And she takes the time here. And this is what I think is fascinating. She takes the time to describe Leslie, Lindsay's publicist, and Lindsay's mother, Dina, specifically. So when she could be making this all about Lindsay, she keeps weaving these characters in. And I think this is very purposeful and a real choice. She writes... Inside, Leslie Sloan Zelnick is telling you about some untrustworthy snake in the business who wants a piece of Lindsay. 43-year-old Dina, a skinny bottle blonde, former roquette, wearing heavy dark foundation, is having a guarded chat with Doug Lyman, a prospective director for Lindsay. Doug Lyman uh, directed The O.C., quite a lot of The oh, O.C. And Mr. Mrs. Smith. I was wondering, I was like, why is that name familiar yeah, to me? Mr. Mrs. Smith and The O.C., Um, she writes about Dina, her demeanor is tightly wound and hard edged in complete contrast to her daughters. 
So Lindsay is literally directing this video and it's like dark, dark, dark. You've got the domestic violence. You've got Lindsay crying in a gown. You've got the 12 year old sister. And then Tommy Matola is basically like, yeah, we had to tone it down for MTV. <laughs> and that's saying something. Lindsay says it's a therapy taking a cigarette break in her trailer. It's the best acting I've ever been able to do in this video. I freak out and just kind of go with it and create my own scene. It's offensive and I want it to be. I'm saying, dad's what I needed. I'm seeking your comfort. And I didn't have it. <sighs> to be 19. To be 19 with it's daddy so issues real. on this level. Oh. Her just being like, yeah, like how cathartic this was to freak out. Oh, Because most 19 year olds are like, I never want to talk to my parents again. Like I'm free. Like I'm out of there. Yeah. And for her to be like, dad, I need you. I want you. Like, where are you? That's really, mm-hmm. it's, it's heavy stuff. Evgenia goes on to describe her childhood, which really paints a picture as to why Lindsay is the way she is in this moment. And what emerges is it like a family trying to hold on to the trappings of middle class while being held hostage to a dishonest, unpredictable and violent father. The terror didn't take long to kick in. After marrying in their early 20s, Dina and Michael separated when Lindsay was just three. My parents were in court and I got kidnapped out of the courtroom by my father, says Lindsay. But like many young people in love, Dina took her husband back for a period. So it was all pretty bad. I mean, he would disappear on drug benders. He would be blowing all his money and then just like come home. So he would leave for days on end. And then he just would show up again, ready to like beat on the family, I assume. And this whole time he was being sent to prison on again, off again. So violations of protective orders, driving under the influence. The rap sheet really is extensive. I can't believe also this was all happening while an 11-year-old Lindsay Lohan is is starring in The Parent Trap. That's the most inconceivable thing about it all. It is. It's like she's really keeping the family afloat. I'm yeah. assuming financially at least. And I can't believe how much she made for Just My Luck. 7.5 7. million. 7.5 <laughs> yeah that's good for money. that especially in like <laughs> especially in like 2006 should we see how much that movie brought in yeah i'd be interested but yeah the fact that this parallels with the parent trap it just really goes to show you that you don't know what's going on gross 38 million worldwide wow yeah that is not a good return on investment uh yeah okay. seven seven going to her yeah yeah <laughs> doesn't leave you a ton no it doesn't no my god should I see the budget? <laughs> <laughs> 28 million. Okay. Okay. So it's a little something, but she got a third big of chunk. the budget. Big, big chunk. A literal third. That is insane. Oh my gosh. So Lindsay says my father was in and out of jail my whole life, like my whole life. So eventually her parents separated. Michael Lohan, his name, was not allowed near the children. They move into their grandparents' house. Fast forward to, I guess, a few years later when they decide they're ready to return to the family home. Dina and Lindsay's youngest siblings like go up to the bathroom as soon as they get there. And Michael is in the shower and jumps out of them. They literally take off. Lindsay's like, it was so fucked up. The kids came running down the bathroom, tore down the stairs, jumped in the car. He came running out of the house after them and they just floored it and drove all the way back to their grandparents' house and never went back again. Mm. And he just like, if you've seen a photo of him, like he's an ex Wall Street trader. He just looks like the sleaziest, (laughs) like he just like looks like a bad dude. 
That's not true. Everyone has redeemable qualities. No, of course. But we don't know him and, and we're not here to vouch for him, really. He didn't make me a leather skirt. No, no. 11-year-old Lindsay is really like keeping it all together during this point in time. She was cast in The Parent Trap and Nancy Myers, famous queen. director. Queen, queen, queen. <laughs> queen of the white sweater. I want to live inside one of those movies. It's complicated. It's complicated. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, The yes, seat yes. where they're making the croissants. Oh, nice. Chef's kiss of a scene. Yeah, it is amazing. <laughs> But Lohan would play like both sisters, obviously, in separate takes and have a stand in when she was doing different lines. But she was able to like maintain the cadence of their interchange like throughout. Like she could keep the exact tone of the conversation going despite having to stop and start and play both characters. And Nancy Myers was like, it was an amazing feat. Beautiful. All these like icons, lover, Meryl, Nancy. I know. Everyone's just like, oh my God, what a talent. What a gift. What a joy. Nancy Myers and Meryl Streep in here. That really elevates it. <laughs> Those randos. <laughs> <laughs> Meryl who? <laughs> um, so after The Parent Trap, like we mentioned, she took some time off acting. And then basically, and many young women can relate to this, when her friends, who were also actresses, started surpassing her. She was like, I'm getting back in the game. Yeah. Um, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. One of the women name checked here is Lacey Chabot, mm-hmm. who you may remember played iconically Gretchen Wieners in Mean Girls. So she dove back in. Evgenia writes the oeuvre. How do you say oeuvre? <laughs> I think it's that. It's that. The oeuvre. Oeuvre. Yeah. Okay. The oeuvre <laughs> that followed. Freaky Friday, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, Mean Girls, Hobie Fully Loaded is not what you'd call meaty. Brutal. <laughs> now, I would disagree. Herbie Fully Loaded is full of themes of life and love and death. A magical V-dub beetle that yeah. takes off into the sky? Fabulous. Fabulous. Wait, the sky? No, no, no. no, no. no. Just, <laughs> just races around the track. Yeah, yeah, but fast. Fast, 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 fast. fast. Um, but in each of her movies, Lohan has exhibited an unusual brightness and an intelligence about how people think and feel that sets her apart from other young actresses in various princess movies. And this has got to be one of our favorite uh, reads of any celebrity ever. We love when people say this. Sarah Sugarman, director of Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, says she's just got it. Yeah. Tina Fey also loves her. She says she's never paraphrased a sentence once. I love how they describe Tina Fey here as if she's not, you know, A-list of the A-list. She's like, says Saturday Night Live's Tina Fey, who, yeah. Well, I feel like at this time, 2006 is Tina Fey A-list? No, 30 Rock was just starting. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I know. Look at us catching her. I know. So says Saturday Night Live's Tina Fey, who wrote the screenplay and prayed, who wrote the screenplay and played the brainy, lonely teacher. Tina Fey says she has this quick to memorize spongy mind that you cannot have when you're 17 between takes. She would be talking to me and Amy Poehler who had a role in the movie. Know, and her mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the time it was, I've got to find these like baby blue Ugg boots online. And then they would say she's ready to shoot. She would turn around, be fully present, be really good in the scene. And then she would turn back around as soon as they called cut and be like, so anyway, like I saw this thing and like was just so good, like so naturally, naturally good. I need to rewatch that movie. It's been a very long time. Mean Girls? Yeah. Very long time since I've seen it. Yeah, maybe we should do it together. I think it's just a masterclass in writing. A little Sunday night movie night. And the jokes, they really went over your head, obviously, when this came out when we were nine. Yeah. (laughs) And now they're just so fresh. They're so punchy. I mean, Tina Fey is a brilliant writer. I'm not surprised that they've withstood the test of time. So she comes off this enormous role. 
And when all her friends are going to college, she's like, I'm going to LA. So she moves into the four seasons. She's totally alone. At this point, she must be what? 17 max, like 17 max. That's the ceiling. And meanwhile, her dad is being like an absolute fuck. He's assaulted a sanitation worker. He beat his brother-in-law with a shoe at a family communion. He passed out at the Manhattan Strip Club scores. The strip club Hustlers was based on the JLo movie. (laughs) And he skipped out on a $4,000 hotel bill. He complained through the New York Post's page six that his daughter was being destroyed by, quote, low lives. Lindsay says, I was going through the phase of wanting to be with my family more and wondering what exactly am I doing? Who are my real friends? Do I have any? If I needed to call any, would they be there like they would be if I was in New York? Mm-hmm. Which I got to say is a pretty universal experience for anyone moving to LA. Yeah. The it friends really are lonely. not available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. And so she spiraled. And this is where we really get into it. It's the drugs. It's the partying. And like it's I said. Kabbalah. It's Kabbalah. Yeah. Can you explain to me and the listen what Kabbalah is? Well, it became this really huge thing for celebrities. They got really into it. It was sort of like an entree to spirituality. Mm. It is connected to the Jewish faith. Is mysticism vibes? Yeah, it's like mysticism. I'm going to look up. But I it became a huge thing. Yeah, it's Jewish mysticism. First emerged in the 12th century CE. Oh, that's right on brand for this time. Yeah, yeah of course. Just, just um, yesterday. And like Madonna was really into it. Mm. There were all of these celebrities that were like, Kabbalah is the way. I feel like it's... Was this like Madonna's like yoga, yes. pray love era? Got it. Yeah. Got it, got it. And, that, and a lot of celebrities embarked on that. So it makes total sense to me that Lindsay Lohan would be like, okay, things are out of my control. I need something. So she went with Kabbalah and then she went with... Wilmer Valderrama, who was the 70s show. Yeah, in that in that 70s show. And they started, it seemed like a pretty tumultuous, but very intense relationship. For sure. So they start dating. She's also shopping like crazy. She dropped $100,000 in a single day. She's always out with Paris, Nicole or an Olsen twin. And they are hitting the clubs. Mood, Concord, Marquis. The, the kind of clubs that just like lavish free drinks on celebrities. And this whole point, she's becoming a staple in the tabloids. So her sister's calling her up being like, I heard you got Pam Anderson boobs. This is crazy uh-huh. that this would be in the profile. She admits that she began using drugs a little and says, I've gotten that out of my system. When later asked if those drugs included cocaine, she gets flustered, denies it and says, I don't want people to think that I've done... It's kind of a sore subject. I've lost a family member over it practically. And then I guess the day after they had this interview, Leslie Sloan Zellnick, a publicist, goes into a full tailspin, attempts to erase the drugs from the record, then wonders aloud how she will, quote, spin it. (laughs) This is a PR nightmare. It's also like a really tough ethical question. It's yeah. like, do you print this? I don't I don't know. I think it's tough. I It was on the record, tech, you know. It's on the right on the record. Yeah. She knew what was happening. She's talking to a journalist and she decided to I think you 100% print it. I mean, there's like there's no other way around if she's talking about her journey and she yeah. brings out her drug use, like what are you going to do? You But to hear a publicist yeah. tell you how is she, like how am I going to spin this? 
And then to include that in your piece is literally any PR's like nightmare. Like it truly is a nightmare all, come to life. All the curtains have been ripped from the windows and <laughs> Leslie Sloan Zelnick is just standing naked inside the house. I'm, <laughs> I'm imagining Leslie receiving this issue. Oh, it's like a blood curdling scream. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I know what you're saying because she would become known for Coke in a way that's very of this time. Like if you were to mention anything, if you were to mention your boob job on record, you're the boob job girl for the rest of time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so Lindsay kind of became synonymous with Coke use after this point in time. She would later, and I think in 2013, have an interview with Oprah where she revealed she did coke like 10 to 15 times which was so iconic because it was so specific rather than being like i don't i don't know like truly it was a few times like a handful of times yeah 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 i'm familiar but it wasn't my drug of choice she said 10 to 15 times and (laughs) she mentioned that the attraction of the drug was that it allowed her to drink more she said at the time, cocaine was like a party thing. People would have it and I would do it. Which like, it is absolutely a party thing. Yeah. And honestly, good on her for being so transparent with Oprah. <laughs> yes. It's like fearless. And it does allow you to drink more. And it's true. Yeah. She's, she was, she's bang on in all these, on all these perceptions. She's really not afraid to go there in interviews. No, I mean, she's dude. giving her so much. She's like, and then I broke up with my boyfriend and it was horrible. And it was my fault. Yeah, I know. Which we're getting to now so she starts having these insane insane days she's like filming herbie fully loaded her day starts at 4 a.m it finishes i guess around midnight ish and then she goes to the studio she records till 2 30 a.m she's getting an hour and a half sleep and in the meantime she's fully taking it all out on wilbur and she remembers thinking i'm ruining this relationship with this guy that i think is my first love and it's because I'm just like, yeah, unloading on him. And then, of course, as it always does, her health starts to break down. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was getting really bad head pains to the point that she was shaking in her trailer. She had a fever of 102. And they were basically like, you need to go to the hospital. And she was like, no, I'm not going to the hospital. Wild. Why do people always do that? (laughs) I know. Like, no, I'm fine. I know. So she goes, I went back to my boyfriend's house, lay down in the bed. I started to get these shooting head pains where I would wake up in the middle of the night. She was like, I kid you not. I was lying in that bed and I never heard someone scream so loud. I was screaming, throwing things because the pains were so intense in my head. Sounds awful. It's awful. She gets checked into a hotel. It's fucking crazy. Her liver's swollen, the kidney infection, white blood cells were accelerated. She was like, it was really bad. I wasn't eating. I was on an IV and she hadn't gone to Mystic Tan. She was pale, pale. Took out her hair extensions. Yeah, her hair extensions gone. So she has short hair. She's lost 15 pounds. She's pale. She says that her parents or her mom and family walked in and she looked like a famine victim. She was just totally shriveled up her legs were so numb from not walking she needed a walker to get to the bathroom and back and her body didn't even have enough strength to shower which begs the question where was dina in all this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh dina's ready to talk she's ready to speak albeit defensively she goes lindsay has had bronchial asthma since she was two She was shooting Herbie in 110 degree weather with a full racing suit on. She had an asthma attack. She was breaking up with Wilma. Her father was spiraling out of control and she was recording her album, which was on an unrealistic time frame. 
It was a culmination of a lot of things. And of course, anytime you're in hospital, you're in an IV, you're going to lose weight. So, yeah. Yeah. So the, mm, Mm -hmm. and this is so rough because I had so many friends that struggled with eating disorders and most of them had moms like this. Yes. That were like, honey, it's fine. I don't think this is that bad. Like, I think you're going to be fine. Let's not talk about this. Of like, you know, you've just been really stressed. I think you must be really stressed. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. You've got a lot on your plate. Yeah. And, and like, this isn't the worst thing. This isn't the worst thing. And so while all this is going on, she's broken up with her boyfriend. Disney, the studio behind Herbie, is so put off because Lindsay's hard partying. She is not available. They de-emphasize her on the movie poster, which if you've seen the movie posters, I re-looked crazy the car is the star (laughs) she is very much like this little side stick figure off like leaning against it it's very strange and the whole time like the drama with her parents is getting so ugly michael lohan says something to her like oj simpson's got nothing on me i know exactly how i'm gonna kill my family i know when i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna enjoy it like the guy is so scary scary as fuck And then he basically starts like the process of trying to take her money. So he's suing for 7.5% of Lindsay's earnings, which could add up to 7 million a year for him. Mm -hmm. And basically Dina goes on to say a lot of what makes Michael Lohan tick is money. Yeah. So all this is going on in the background. There's definitely an eating disorder that has been alluded to on and off. There's definitely a health crisis. There's a relationship ending And she has to hit the European press circuit for Herbie Fully Loaded. At this point, it's full breakdown mode. She's crying for her dad and she writes confessions of a broken heart in her hotel room and then calls the prison to speak to him. Yeah, it's sort of like cry for help after cry for help. Yeah, there's just an ongoing stream of like, how much more can this girl take? And it's so dark to see Dina's responses, which continue. This is where the bulimia stuff comes in yeah which was obviously something that was not received well from by Lindsay in the aftermath of this profile but is also just like absolutely wild that it was spoken about so candidly and transparently because oh yeah no i mean so- this was really a, a time of cloak and daggers like we can't forget 2006 the hills the oc girls were thin 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 and doing like 98 pounds thin yeah and doing anything to achieve and maintain that aesthetic and it was totally secret you couldn't be seen to be trying to be thin you couldn't be seen to be working out i mean paris hilton had that famous quote diet coke is for fat people no yeah stop yeah <laughs> Like skinny girls Paris. drink. Yeah, skinny girls drink real Coke because they can afford the calories because they're naturally skinny. So the whole thing, it was this push and pull tug of war between naturally beautiful and enhanced. Because you're so right. The body of the time wasn't necessarily a toned body. It was literally just a skinny body. Skinny like body. as skinny as possible. None of them were going to the gym. Have we talked about this on an episode before? When Chris and I rewatched Entourage. Oh my God, yeah. We've talked about it. I know, like yeah, the girls like, bend over and they've got no asses and they're like, check on the, check it out. Check yeah. out that big fat booty. The pancakes over yeah. there. <laughs> it's, it's the best we had. It was 10 years since the mid 90s when Heroin Chic was ushered in by the likes of Kate Moss. And it was really the trend cycle repeating itself. So Evgenia writes that Lindsay found satisfaction and I think in not so many words, control by being skinny 
The once curvy pinup was fading into early Karen Carpenter territory, she writes. At the time, she used the old working out with a trainer excuse, while Sloane Zelnick, the publicist, informed tabloids, she'll eat a muffin if she wants. <laughs> I think this is one of the hardest sentences that has ever been written in profile. Yeah, this is, this is I think, like big trigger warning. This is the big trigger like, warning. If this is something you struggle with, click away. Yeah, totally. Jump out, go back to John Mayer. That's a, that's a better time. <laughs> but Evgenia writes, any muffins she was eating, however, did not stay down for long. I was making myself sick, Lindsay says, referring to bulimic episodes. The situation came to a head in May 2005 when she was hosting Saturday Night Live. Having first been on the show a year earlier, Lohan had become kind of a favorite daughter among the SNL group, and everyone in his or her own way wanted to keep her on track. Amy Poehler took a matter-of-fact approach. Amy was good and tough on her, recalls Tina Fey, saying, You're too skinny. I'm not going to ask you why, but you're too skinny and I don't like it. Faye and producer Lorne Michaels, who'd seen other comedians and cast members die of overdoses, took her aside and had the kind of conversation that amounted to a parental intervention about substance abuse and eating disorders. They sat me down, recalls Lohan, literally before I was going to do the show. And they said, you need to take care of yourself. We care about you too much. We've seen too many people do this and you're talented. Lindsay says, I just started bawling. I knew I had a problem and I couldn't admit it. I saw that SNL after and my arms were disgusting. I had no arms. <sighs> and then an issue of a tabloid magazine came out and like said that she was wearing like a whore's dress. And it's like, she cannot catch a break. I am so, I have full body chills for one. <laughs> just <laughs> oh my God. confirm. <laughs> I am so moved by what amy poehler and tina fey did i know there are mothers all around us we just have to look for them yeah and they don't have to be biological this is so touching and hard okay you ready to take a full swing back the other direction yeah this is what dina lohan says in regards to Lindsay being skinny it happens to people in different periods of their life. She took it a little too far, maybe, and pulled back quickly and is fine. I don't see it as what the press made it out to be. It was definitely more magnified. I think it even made Lindsay think it was more magnified. She was 19 looking at it. I'm 43 looking at it. No, it wasn't as bad as it looked. They took one really bad picture somehow, and they're probably not even her arms in the picture. She was similarly dismissive of Genya writes about the notion of Lindsay's excessive partying. When people would interview me and say, oh, she's out at clubs. I'm like, what did you do when you were a teenager? You go to clubs. You go to parties. <sighs> For sure. But not all of us are 17, 18, living alone in an LA hotel, working full time. Recording an album. Recording an album. No friends to speak of or be seen. At the club every single night. Getting violently ill and losing pounds and pounds. It, and doing coke 10 to 15 times. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, it's, it's so The like, nuts. it wasn't as bad as it looked is so dark. Yeah. Because to have your own mother gaslight you in this way, in a public way. Yeah. But if she doesn't gaslight, Lindsay won't keep working. If Lindsay doesn't believe she's okay... She won't feel okay. She won't show up. And like Dina is taking a cut. I looked up that SNL, the 2005 SNL. So did I. Yeah. And it's it's around the same time as that infamous Nicole Richie photo. Yeah. Do you remember with the really skinny arms? 
Yes. Well, it's like some of these girls, like their ribs were showing like through their chest. I know. You know? I know. It's at a point where it's like they're like, Ooh, I just you're just, the sh- I get the shin and bones. Oh, talking about bones is not my no. forte. No, 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 no. And so basically Lindsay treated it as a wake up call, despite Dina Lohan being like, you're fine. You're Everything's totally good. This is normal. So like incredible that she had the wherewithal at 18 to be like, okay, I think I'm very, very ill. And obviously she was physically very ill. So Lindsay says, you have to learn for yourself that you hit rock bottom. And sometimes that's what it takes to get you back up to the top. And in a very adult way of getting your rights, she rejects the all too facile defense that young women in the spotlight need not to be role models with a younger sister walking in her footsteps. She can't help but take responsibility. Girls with sisters are different. It's a very, very interesting point because at this, at this moment in time, there was a lot of discourse about whether or not young women in the spotlight had a moral responsibility. And of course it's frustrating because men are not shouldered with the same no 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 no, no. no they don't have the same uh, weight and yet she is right like a lot of girls were obviously looking to these icons the Lindsays, the nicoles the olsen twins and being like they are 98 pounds and i need to emulate that as much as possible and for Lindsay to actually recognize that her sister who she sees as a daughter she admits is going to be like okay it's okay like to go off the deep end and have an eating disorder and all these things that were going on with her like i mean it's very impressive that she's able to have that perspective at this point in time it makes so much sense also that she sees her as a daughter because i'm sure there was a lot of parenting that Lindsay had to do for her younger siblings in such an unstable home and it just makes sense like that's a trauma that really rears its head later in life it's like as soon as you've kind of like weathered that storm then comes the processing period which is often delayed so we've seen that now play out in the public eye and i think it's so interesting that this year hannah montana premiered oh yeah because this concept of like are you a role model what do you do as a disney star what's your responsibility to your young audience came to such a head with Miley Cyrus just a couple of years after the Salvia incident. <laughs> a to- a Salvia incident, so true. And also the the concept of living a double life so you could have both your cakes and eat them too. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like this was very clear in this moment that if you want to be successful in your craft, you have to be famous, famous and deal with all of the downside. I mean, Britney is a prime example. Lindsay, of course, like they are such talented talented women and their talent was not enough like we needed all of them and the concept of a double life with Hannah Montana was a very specific direction to for Disney to have taken when they created these women I know it's crazy uh so she goes on to talk a little bit about this film that she has coming up which has a truly stacked cast it's like the John C. Riley's, it's the Lily Tomlin's it's Meryl Streep and it gives her real a real sense of validity because Scarlett Johansson and Evan Rachel Wood are booking these gritty roles and she felt like they're inferior for a long time in these rom-coms. And now she's like, okay, I am a real actress. She was very scared showing up to shooting in Minnesota. And they do get the director. He has a quote. He says, she is like very, very good. He talks about the fact that he was really impressed with her in the final scene. He was like, it was very tough. Like, you know, it had to be honest. It couldn't be tricked. And she was excellent. So there you go. Like, it just goes to show that she's got the chops. 
And then she began to grow up through the midst of the shoot. She flew back to LA for her 19th birthday. She didn't really do anything crazy. She just had dinner at a friend's house. And she was like, this is like a big shift in direction. Because when I turned 18, I had a party at Avalon with an I'm a slave for you theme. Oh, man. (laughs) I wonder how people dress for that. (laughs) I feel, though, that the snake is out. Yeah, for sure. It's a loose theme. It is a loose theme. I'm actually going to look it up. I can't find. I think it's been scrubbed from the Internet. I'm sure it has. I don't see a single thing about it. Leslie was all across it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's now like embracing, I guess, this like earthy california vibe where well she had to shoot this intense music video she went on a three mile walk on the beach she's like pulled back on the shopping which again wouldn't last for long because she was accused of shoplifting hundred thousand dollars worth of merchandise but that's Mm. neither here nor there and uh she is now really excited to do something meaningful like she's shooting bobby the movie about the assassination of robert f kennedy And that's alongside Anthony Hopkins and Sharon Stone and Demi Moore. Like she's doing a lot of stuff that makes her really excited. And she says, I really hope to make an impact on people, you know, with anorexia, people that aren't in good relationships, people that don't get along with their parents. And I want to be able to change that a little bit for them. Hmm. And then we get into the, the reality of it all which is that Evgenia won't let up, even for a second. The pen is is spicy and it's sharp. She says Lindsay is definitely still a work in progress. She was supposed to show up to an event for victims of Hurricane Katrina, and she not only canceled her private jet, but missed the commercial flight. She also bailed out of a live with Regis and Kelly recording at the very last second. They had to improvise on air, and she gets a wee bit crazy when the sun goes down. Only last night, she says, she was hanging out at LA's Roosevelt Hotel, just a I couple know. blocks from here, with Paris Hilton, Jack Osborne, and the kids from the TV show Laguna Beach. Of course. And of course, Adam Levine of the rock band Maroon 5. Uh, she's not looking for a nice boy her age, but in fact has a number of crushes on older men, which if that doesn't signal some issues with the papa, she really likes the ones she shouldn't like, she says. The rock star kind of people. I'm obsessed with Johnny Depp. Mm. Oh my God. Because he's dark and cool and edgy and dirty. Oh no. Over the course of last autumn, according to the tabloids, she began and ended a relationship with Jared Leto, with whom she'll star in chapter 27 about John Lennon's assassination. All she says about their relationship is that they're great friends. And mostly she's sick to death of people's melodramatic concern. Don't ever say this to me, she says, going into mushy group therapy speak. Are you okay? She leans over, looks you straight in the eye, and delivers her classic Lindsay response. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm fine. And that is it. And that is it. And that is it. (sighs) My God. How are you feeling? I mean, Lord Almighty. She's not fine. She's not fine. She's, She's really not, not fine. fine. And how can she be? She's 19. No. Living course, in a hotel. Of course you would say that. It's like, leave me alone. No, it's two middle fingers up. Slamming of the bedroom door. Yeah. And I, and no one was really fine in this moment, I feel like. Like, no, no one was really fine in 2006. No. Should we bring Al on? <laughs> Wait, we have Speak a friend of it. a pod yeah. coming in who yeah. happens to be living with me at this moment my sister alex who is currently 33 but at the time of 2006 was 16 yep 
which is really coming of age. How was that experience for you? It, it was just a lot of skinny bitches. It mm-hmm. was Misha Barden. It was Lindsay Lohan. It was Paris, Nicole. Um, I think I started watching the Kardashians in 2007. So it was that, yeah, yeah just prior to like the curves coming in. But yeah, it was like, what's that? At Heroin Chic? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what it was. I always remember um, Lindsay Lohan, just because I know you guys are talking about Lindsay Lohan. You know how she has that makeover in Mean Girls? Like, just this natural tan. That was 2004, and that, to me, will always be Lindsay Lohan, because I think, like, honestly, she was so pretty. She was your age in 2004, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. So right now she's 37, I want to say. Yeah, so just a couple years older than you. But no, it was 2006 was just, honestly, growing up in that era of what beauty was, was horrible. For someone who's naturally curvy. I'm grateful that we've seen a transition. But my God, I remember, well, you saw all the posters on my wall. Yeah. Um, Your posters, Teddy Geiger was on (laughs) your wall. Oh, my God. (laughs) Right. Orlando Bloom. Like, I remember them vividly. Zac Efron. Of course I know. I also heard the girls. And Mary-Kate and Ashley and Hilary Duff also went through their eating disorder phases yeah so that was around that time as well and so it was everything was normalized that body was normalized it was crazy i honestly wouldn't have been able to cope if we if i lived in that time during social media there's just no way oh no there would have been no hope especially because the cruelest part of all of this is like your body obviously changes in puberty and i feel like 16 to 26 is when it's like the most changes are happening And to idolize that body shape at a time that like everyone, no matter what you're comfortable with, is getting curvier by the day. Oh Oh my God. And having having to see that every time you open a cell phone, that's a thing. Like at least you had some sort of mediation where you only had to buy the magazines or watch the TV shows. Totally. To actively engage rather than passively be fed that stuff. You know, you still, you see all those headlines that are being dug up now. It was it's so gross to read yeah. back on those headlines. Like, it just makes me feel ill. But, yeah, if that was social media as well, I think I'd have a lot more therapy. <laughs> well, I think this goes back to what we were speaking about with regards to not trying to be thin, but being naturally thin. Because what Lindsay Lohan was most disturbed by in the aftermath of this profile was the fact that her bulimia was referenced. She said, the words that I gave to the writer for Vanity Fair were misused and misconstrued, Mm. and I'm appalled with the way that it was done. (gasps) Oh, no. Yeah, and the denial specifically was with regards to the reporting of her alleged bulimia, not drug use. So she didn't deny the drugs. She just denied the eating disorder, which I think is so telling like so revealing of the time she had to pretend that i am just this hot girl i'm not yeah i'm not putting the work in in any capacity so or like killing myself for it no but in reality they so many of them were and it's just yeah it's a heavy heavy time i know well thank you alex thank you for your insight (laughs) a historian (laughs) (laughs) truly Oh, so it was, it's a journey. It's a journey. But although now she's doing great. She's married to the assistant vice president of Credit Suisse. Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous. They met in a Dubai restaurant and she was like, you look like someone I know. And he was like, no, I don't. Who? And she was like, never mind. We're going to be together. <laughs> and like you mentioned, she signed like a multi-movie Netflix deal, which began with Falling for Christmas. Yeah. And... You and I tried to watch that last Thanksgiving and we did not get through it. Well, 
to be fair, for some reason, the Airbnb we were at only allowed it to be watched in Dutch. If That's you true. It wasn't Dutch. Yes, yes, yes. So it's hard to get in <laughs> to a film in Dutch because we don't speak it. Yeah, I don't know why we... <laughs> we tried. We tried our darndest. I, we really did. We watched all of Burlesque in Dutch. <laughs> we did watch all of Burlesque in Dutch. It's not a very accessible language. It's not a Spanish. No. It's not a French. No, we're not making out phrases. No. Yeah, we're like, um, uh... But yeah, I'm I'm happy for her renaissance because the Mykonos like party years were also strange. Very strange. And she like, developed like a North Atlantic accent. And yeah. And it felt unhinged, I would yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it really seems like a true renaissance is happening. She's doing well. Yeah. Her red hair is back. Yeah. She looks good. She, she does. looks good. She really does. She deserves every happiness and peace. My God, that is not an easy childhood to get through. I wonder because this was this was a hard profile to get a read on in terms of how much trust and how much camaraderie the writer and Lindsay had, whether she was just super open or the the Evgenia was a really great interviewer because there does really seem to be some of like we spoke about at the, at the beginning of the episode, some kind of like distance. And I think it makes total sense that Evgenia is a political reporter because yeah. the way that she reports on Lindsay is the same way you would report on a politician with scandals, which is like, I'm just going to lay out the facts. Yeah. Like, they did drugs. They sent a photo of their dick. And then they did. It's like, you're not, it wouldn't be normal in that political profile to be like, but they meant well. Like, it's like, no, we're just laying out the facts as they happened. No. And she does give her quite a lot of grace in moments where it's like, this would be crazy for someone who's lived 45 years. This girl's lived like 19 years. But yeah, no, it doesn't seem adversarial in any way, which is like what we're speaking to with the Amelia interviews, the chicken shop date interviews and um, the the Bobby. Bobby Altoff interviews where it's like, I'm coming to you as a combatant almost. Yeah. Like we're in the ring. <laughs> no, no. She lets Dina do that. She lets Dina be. Oh my God, she does. Like, And I think that's the thing. That's the biggest takeaway that's so clear from this profile is it's like Dina and Leslie are a diabolical duo. And yeah. I don't know if we like them. I don't know if we <laughs> don't like know them. If we, like I, we them. definitely don't trust them. We definitely don't trust them. Yeah. I'm really glad we did this. Feels like an important one from the archives. Yeah. We don't do a lot of this era. Like we did Beyonce 2005, but 2006 really was a reset. And I think we're coming up on another one. Mm -hmm. I think we've been in this era for almost 20 years and we're about to see a turning of the tables. Yeah. It feels like 2006 was a tough year for the girls. The girls at home, the girls on screen. I think it, many years have been tough on the girls. I mean, my God. Yeah. Before we could vote. <laughs> Those were years. tough years on the girls. Tough years on the, the girls. Of years? Yeah. The witch trials, that was really tough, tough on the girls. Tough on the girls. Yeah, hard on the girls. Yeah. But yet, the girls prevail. We come back time and time again. I think Penelope's telling us it's time to I sign know. off. She's like, hey, wrap the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's enough. All right. God, I love to see you. I love yeah. to see your little face every yeah. single time. Oh my God, you too. Your bouncy curls. Oh, I know. Here I am, bouncing away. Bouncing away. For this- all you listeners out there, yeah, take care of yourselves today. Yeah, totally. Take care of yourselves. If you want to party, party away, yeah. but do so responsibly. Yeah. You know, life is meant to be lived and God knows Lindsay Lohan knew how to live it. Yeah. She's lived it. She's lived it. (laughs) Well, we'll see you next week when we have a great new profile and many new fun little things to come on the Patreon. I know. Pegged to our little Gwen episode, I will be giving personalized recommendations 
for all the best celebrity perfume lines. I can't wait for that. Yeah. As someone who just bought a perfume from Victoria's Secret, <gasps> I am your Did you really? Market. Yes, I brought dirty, sexy, sultry of night. Of course. Yep. In the water, splash in the salt. Well, that is what I brought. We gotta go smell that right now. We gotta go smell that right now. So we gotta go. All right, love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.